Sometimes we take things for granted. Sometimes we take people for granted. As you get older, you start learning a very profound lesson. You don't have forever. You don't have forever to change. You don't have forever to make decisions. You don't have forever. Repeat the topic with me, please. Say, how long do you have? I want you to think about that for a second because that is the bottom line of what I'm going to talk about for this, these few minutes. How long do you have? Now, Pastor, it sounds like you're about to do a funeral sermon. No, I'm not, even though I do a whole lot of funerals. I'm not just talking about how long you have to live. I will talk about that briefly. But I, wanna, I want you to think about how long you have to change directions. Every now and then in life, I've discovered that you have a season. You have a window of time before your health gets so bad you can't turn it around. You have a window of time in relationships to sit down and settle the differences. You don't have forever. One of the saddest things that I deal with every, every year is I see people who lose loved ones and they have regrets. I wish I'd gone to my sister and said, listen, I know we had some issues, but you're more important to me than those issues. I see people who misuse and misabuse their mates. I see people who allow things to grow beyond what they should. I see people who don't take care of themselves, and I visit some of them, and I grieve because they can't turn the ship around. How long do you have to turn your ship in a new direction? How long do you have? I, I think people at certain stages of life think they have forever. For example, when you are younger in your teens and younger years, you don't think about death much. You eat anything you want to eat. And as a matter of fact, when you go through certain aisles in the grocery store, you get anything you see. When you get older, you change your diet. You go down aisles and you say, no, no, more than you say, yes, yes. You pass by things you used to get in, in abundance. I used to get the big, some of you may still do it, the big jumbo size, family size ice cream. And I used to get, no matter how much sugar was in it, I didn't care because the more sugar, the better it tastes. And then I used to get a big bowl of ice cream, three scoops, four scoops, and then I'd put a bunch of stuff on top of it. And then I'd get a soda on top of that and wash it down with some brownies. It was a good meal. Those were the good old days. Come on, say it with me, please. Come on. Those were the good old days. Oh, yes. I used to remember getting me some almond joy, almond joy candy bar. Mm, mm, mm. Some potato chips, and I still like them every now and then, but I used to eat it all the time. But by and by, things change, and I started changing my diet for smart reasons. And I found out, and I'm not against having some fun every now and then. I'm not a legalistic person. I'm just saying there came a time in my life when all that began to add up. And I learned something. Life is like a calculator. All those things, all those arguments, all those issues, all that anger, all that frustration adds up. It adds up in your body. It adds up in your mind. It adds up in your family. It adds up in your life. There are times I see people, they come into our church, they come into our life, and when I see them, it's 1150. 
I, I, I want to believe it's 9 o'clock or it's earlier in the day, but no, they've lived and it's 11.50. And I see them in the last 10 minutes, the last 10 years of the life they've lived. And I watch them slowly run out of time. I watch them. I watch everything around them slowly begin to decline. They no longer can keep the job they have. They no longer can live in the same home. I've seen people love their home and have to walk out of their home. I've seen people love a city that they grew up in, but they have to move someplace else to live with somebody they don't want to live with. I've watched all of it change. And in those moments in my life, I've had to say, it seems like people run out of time. And so the question came to me, how long do I have? How long do I have to change the direction of my life? And so I wrote a list for you. How long do you have to be angry and not speak to each other? How long will you have, how long do you have, will you have your current spouse in your life? How long will you have to reconnect with your children? How long will you have to complain about your job before it ends? How long will you have to find fault with pastor in, in church? Not me, y'all love me. But how long? I'm, I don't really have those issues as much. I'm thankful and don't start them for me. But there are, church, there are people, uh, they, they, they fight in churches. They fight all the time. They're mad with the pastor. The pastor mad with the deacons. The deacons mad with the choir. And the choir mad with the sound people. Everybody's mad about everything. And they assume that this is okay. And so they spend years and months and days fighting about everything. How long will you have to blank fill it in? How long will you have to fill in the blank? How long? Do you assume you have forever? Well, let me give you a little clue. You know me, I like numbers, I like stats. Did you know 57.9 million people ran out of time this year? 59, 7.9 people ran out of time. I believe that was as of Friday noon. There's a, you know, there's a death clock. You can look it up. And it clocks all the births and all the deaths by, and it estimates for you. Over 60 million now people have died this year in the world. They all ran out of time. I think it's really important to see that when you look at the world around you and you pay attention, you'll see it. You've got family members, cousins, uncles, nephews who ran out of time. You can name them. And what's really amazing is there are 10 major ways that people leave here. And I gave them to you. Heart disease, top of the list. Cancer, chronic lower respiratory disease, accidents, stroke, Alzheimer's disease, diabetes, influenza, nephritis, nephritis, nephritis that, that's really about your kidneys, kidney disease. Intentional self-harm, 44,000 folks in their lives in this country. Amazing. Think about this for a second. If you're honest with yourself, and this is why I am starting a new series called Courageous Conversations. The reason I want us to start the year out talking about courageous conversations is because if we're honest, you feel in your body you're running out of time. Things hurt that didn't used to hurt. I turned to the left the other day, and I, I didn't yell out loud because that wouldn't be manly, but I, 
I had a pain. I was sitting down and I was minding my own business and, and I was, I was uh, you know, my little grandbaby was at the house and I turned too fast and I went, oh, Lord, Jesus. It was somewhere in this area over here and it never hurt. I can show you right, right, up, right, up, right up in here somewhere. Don't diagnose me, you doctors. But, you know, I'm telling you, it was a moment. And I said, oh, there's a new one. There's a new one. Every now and then, if you pay attention, you can see, you can feel, and there's something in you that says, you know, I need to pay attention. And I need to make sure I have an honest discussion with myself. Every now and then in life, you hear a message, and it's short, and it's brief, and it's to the point. You just heard one. I'm done. I want you to know that at the end of the day, that's all I want you to think about. I want you to think about how much time God has already given you. I want you to think about how many years you've lived. I want you to think about how many New Year's Eve you've come to and made promises to God. I want you to think about how many times you've promised, oh God, oh God, oh God. Think about it. Name the people in your life that made those promises but ran out of time. Name the people in your life who died unexpectedly and never made the changes. Name the people in your life that have never gotten over the fact that the clock ran out on them and they no longer have that relationship. They no longer have that job. They no longer have that financial advantage. When they had money, they never saved. And now they regret it. And they live without dignity because they never saw it coming. Don't be that way. Don't be a person who lives your life making promises and never changing. Never be the person who thinks it can't happen to you. I see preachers falling. I see preachers. It's embarrassing to me. Because when people mess up, they come and ask me, you okay? I say, I'm fine. That's not my name. But I know, I know it can be me. Our church, I see churches closed. I see, I see big churches. I see big churches with thousands of members make incredible decisions, lose all their buildings, lose all their facilities. I've got friends that lost it all. When I say lost it all, they lost the grass, they lost the buildings, they lost the cups, they lost the communion tray, they lost everything. They ran out of time. Because here's what I believe God showed them if they were paying attention. There were signs. There were financial signs. There were, there, were, there were people who, who said to them, you need to watch what you're doing. And right now, there are people that are crying out to you. God's sending people to warn you. Sometimes your body warns you when you're hurt. Sometimes people around you warn you. When you get isolated, all your friends are gone. Everybody's gone. Everybody's trying to say, it's hard to talk to you. It's hard to be around you. And you can hear it, but you're not acting like you are running out of time to you. For some reason, you feel you get a pass. Here's what happens. Take it from a guy I've been pastoring for 36 years. Take it from somebody who's watched this over and over again. I counseled four or five of them this week. They ran out of time. And they send them to me when they're broken. And they come to me when things are a mess. And I hate to say, if we're really honest, our lives kind of messy 
That's why the series next month is called Messy. I want to talk about for four weeks how our messy lives can be fixed up by a great God who cares. You may have come from a dark place, but you can go to a better place. You may be ashamed of your past, but you could be happy about your future. Do you hear what I'm saying to your church? I'm done for the day. I told you 15 minutes, and that's 13 minutes and 44 seconds. Lift your hand. I want to pray for you today. Father God, in Jesus' name, we have sung, I've preached all year. They've heard me teach all year long. I don't need to talk a long time tonight. I need them to pause, and I need them to say, in the name of Jesus, God, I declare your healing power is going to transform lives. Your healing power is going to bring grace and strength and vitality to your people. I declare in Jesus' name that you have called us today to this moment. You've called us to this day of self-evaluation. You've called us to a time, God, of review and renewal. Help us, Lord, look at ourselves. Lift those hands up high again. Father, where we've fallen short, forgive us. Where we failed, restore us. Let us go and make it right. Let us go and make it right. With every hand down, every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. Now, I want you to look at me when I say this to you. The most important thing you do is not go to church. The most important thing you do is not um, give money. The most important thing you do is not help people. The most important thing you do is make sure you're okay. What they say on the plane is really true. Put the oxygen on yourself first, then on your neighbor or your child or friend. Don't put it on your, don't, don't, don't try to help people and you haven't fixed you, you up yet. If you're not walking with God, who cares that you go to church? If you're, if you're not honest and, and have this courageous conversation with yourself and say, if I'm honest about my life, I live my life my way. I have not given God control of my life. Why not end the year right? I'm going to pray one prayer before I leave, and we're done, for real. And I want you to join me in this prayer. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Rick, I want to leave this church today right with God. And all I want you to do is pray for me. No one says you're a bad person. We're just saying you know your walk with God and you need to start a new walk with God. And I want to pray for you. With every, if anyone says, that's me, pray that prayer for me. Raise your hand. Let me see you. Pray. Pray that prayer for me. Let me see you. Raise your hand. Say, pray that prayer. I see you. Anybody else? Say, pray that prayer for me. Pray that prayer. I see you. I see you. Hands up. Anybody else? Father, touch hearts today. Anyone that says, Jesus, I need you in my life, let this be the moment that they commit themselves to God. Let them say, Jesus, I know, I know I need to start a new walk with you. Whether they're home or here, let this be that transforming moment where their lives will never be the same. And Father, we give you praise and we give you glory for them. Would you pray this prayer with me, please? Say, Lord, in Jesus' name,
Come on, pray it out loud, church. Say, Lord, in Jesus' name, I acknowledge that I need to have a courageous conversation about my walk with you. I want you to be the true Lord of my life. In Jesus' name.